What is going on? Welcome back to the Rogue Pod. This is Intentional Grounding. And today I have a very special guest with me, my man DJ from Flock Nation Speaks. How you doing? What's up? How you doing? I, I hope you're doing well. I hope the flock doing well out there. You know, I think the last time that we got together, you know, we was we, we, we was a little down, I think. I think back then we was a little down. I think we're feeling at least a little bit better now at this point, right? So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, we, we we went out and signed our quarterback, so that made things a lot better. But um, I know since I asked you to come on the show, I got a bone to pick with you. Oh, what I do? wasn't too happy. I was um I was checking out one of your live streams, and you know, you you did your countdown before the, before the live stream started, mm-hmm. and you quoted somebody. Do you remember who you quoted? Who did I quote? Who was it? It wasn't Pharrell. It was somebody that I'm not too fond of. Let me think. Let me think. Oh Lord, a bone to pick with me. What I do? Who I quote? Well, you might you might not know. I might not for real. But but all the people here that normally come by, they know who I have a problem with. You know, but but Pharrell did it. You could have chose Pharrell, but you know situations will arise <laughs> but you got to be smart about it <laughs> so are you saying are you saying you're not an ursher fan is that what everybody and their mama know oh. i have great disdain for that young man for no particular reason whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny that one. Uh, I don't even know where I came up with that, but I was like, I got to put it in the intro because, you know, <laughs> I mean, how often am I going to say those words at all? But, uh, you know, so I got to change it to a, to a wise Pharrell once, you know, I, I, I see, I see, I see, I see what you I'm sorry, it's a, it's a channel. You do what you like. I just, you know, I just saw it and was just like, I don't even know if I should watch this. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's all good all right so let's see who we got up in here of course as always first up we got living big with big rage make sure you check out his channel very inspirational he pretends to be a ravens fan but <laughs> those of us that know him we can't say in particular that he really is because coach evans did his top 32 teams of the nfl he did a countdown and what happened was red said they were somewhere around 17th the 17th best team in the league. But he's a Ravens fan, right? right. I mean, for, I, for this year? Or like we talking about overall, like through history? For the year. Oh. Big Rage. I didn't check out the channel once or twice. I think I hope I subscribed. If I did, I'm gonna have to go back. But Big Rage. Come on. What? I mean, who the 16 better? That's what I need to really know. That's that's what you know, because if you put the charges up. But you gotta you gotta realize, even without Lamar. We were a playoff team with Tyler Huntley. So even without him, we were one of the better teams in the league. And as people like to say, we almost beat Cincinnati. So yeah, one fumble away. Yeah. Facts, facts. We got Coach Evans in the house. What's going on, Coach Evans? Make sure you check out his channel. My man, Brandon Bazell. Check him out as well. He likes to do a lot of food reviews. We got Malik B. He says, my East Coast kinfolk. Yes, indeed. My man, Chen Wu is back. We ain't seeing you in the month of Sundays, brother. Glad you're here and glad you could stop by. Mr. J, the six is in the house. Check out Mr. J at all hours of the night when you're sleeping for his special streams. He says special guests, but he loves doing special streams when he thinks no one is paying attention. 
my oldest, my baby girl Jasmine. How you doing today? Normally, I listen, I can't explain it. I have no particular reason for it. It's just that I don't know. It's just some people that you just look at and be like, I don't like them. And if I don't like somebody, I don't listen to them. We got MDT Sports in the house. <laughs> Make sure you check my man out as well. Raven Ron, what's going on? Yes, Usher is on drugs. He is. And I don't want my children being subject to these type things. But I know you are on a time constraint because you do have a stream after this one, correct? I do. I'm I'm not streaming on the Ravens channel tonight, but I am. I usually do a recording. I usually do both, but I tonight I'm doing uh, probably SummerSlam predictions for the Instant Classic Wrestling Podcast, the other podcast I host. But the other thing that I love, you know, so um, I'm I'm excited uh, to talk about this SummerSlam. Get a little get a little caught up, hopefully. But you know, there there'll be some Ravens content, especially especially around Thursday, especially around Thursday. All right, so let's not hold you up. Let's jump right into this action. Um, first things up, of course, with last week being the start of training camp, we're in the second week. This week, the all the teams in the NFL were um, allowed to put pads on, they allowed to practice in pads, so that kind of changes the concept of everything. You know, people look good in sh- shorts and a T-shirt running around, but when you put the pads on, you separate the men from the boys. Um, do you have anything in particular about training camp that you've noticed or anything that you want to point out? Um, I, you know, I, some of the things I've heard, I know I've heard uh, Todd Munkin talking about Lamar not wearing a wristband. I don't know if he really won't wear one. Uh, it might just be a, you know, this, I mean, it could be a memorization trick too. Like, hey, let's get this offense down best you can. Then, you know, we'll see how that, that plays out. Cause I know a lot of people don't necessarily agree yay or nay with Lamar not wearing a wristband. So I've heard, I've heard, definitely heard that one. That's an interesting one uh, that doesn't really, I don't think that comes out a lot in, in training camps. Uh, I, I don't know what it is about the Ravens letting people into things that they probably shouldn't be into or whatever, but uh, it's still an interesting little little topic. Um, and then just like, you know, to, to, to watch the offense and watch the talent that's there, right, watch watch Lamar be back, uh, watch kind of the wide receiver talent and stuff like that. The, the differences at running back right now with no JK out there, you know, to see what that looks like. Um, you can't see but so much, you know, I went I went out to uh, Panthers training camp since I live, you know, not too far away. So, you know, you can't see but so much, but you can still get some oohs and ahs from uh, from training camp. And, that, and that's always fun. Um, the the training camp jerseys is nice. I'll say that, um, mm-hmm. you know, I say that the training camp jerseys ain't too bad. But uh, I mean, initially, it's, it's, it's good to see Odell, too, um, to see him out there, to see him working to see him still making plays as he oftentimes does. He is a playmaker. That's good to see too, because, you know, a lot of people are counting out Odell and and I've kind of talked about this on my channel before. Like, you know, I think it's time for a lot of, especially Ravens guys, a lot of Ravens wide receivers to take some things personally this year and, and, and prove that they, you know, for Odell, I am who I say I am for Rashad Bateman, probably the same statement. I am who I say I am, right. You really think you are people counting you out, counting you out. This is the time to, you know, rise to the occasion and, and showcase why uh, I think a lot of Baltimore was excited when you were drafted a couple years ago. We just ain't been able to see it yet. Okay. I mean, listen, I know everybody's excited about these new practice jerseys, but am I wrong? Because I'm just like, I mean, okay. You, add, you know. You're talking about, like, the, the design of it, or are you talking about the fact that it's a practice jersey and it don't really matter? I, no, just the design. I mean, I, what did they do? They added like a go, gold around the, the numbers. Yeah, 
you know what? Yeah, I think that was it. But I think, like, I don't know. I, I know for me, for watching the Ravens as long as I have, it is nice to see a little subtle change every so often. I, I kind of wish – I like when the Ravens bring out the All Blacks, for example, you know, as an alternate. But the Ravens don't really have a true, like, throwback that's any different than what, you know, they kind of wear now, unless they let Reebok design a throwback or something, right? Like, that's about the only, about as throwback as you're going to get. So, like, it is I, – I think, you know, I get it. You know, is there a lot of hoopla around it? Nah, you know, who knows? But I think at the same time, I think it is kind of cool to see a little little difference. Because, like, I mean, I think I got a friend, he's a Colts fan. He's like, you know, we don't really get, like, alternate jerseys or throwback jerseys because there ain't no throwback. It's all the same. Uh, so, I mean, honestly, and, and it's probably a whole other topic for a whole other day. I, I, I mean, I would like to see the Ravens come out with a uh, some sort of a, 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 ch- a change just to have a throwback or have a different alternate than what we, you know, what we used to. And I think that's why I'm not really excited about it, because if you look across the league, all teams now are designing alternate helmets, alternate jerseys, even your Colts fans. They have that 1980s jean jacket look. Like, I don't know if you've seen the all blue jean look that they have. It isn't pretty, but at least they're trying something out like they're doing something different. Us we will sit there and change the bird eye from red to green. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, it's just <laughs> spectacular what the Ravens are doing. But also um, with training camp, I heard a little while ago, I don't know if this is true, and in the chat if you can tell me, they said David Ojabo got hurt. Oh, now, that, Harbaugh, no. John Harbaugh said it's a, it's a one-week injury. So I'm not don't So we don't know what that means. <laughs> it's basically what you say. It's basically what I say. Yeah, like you don't know what's going on. And with the history of John Harbaugh, we don't know if it's a week, a month, a year. Who knows? And I think that for a lot of us, this is the reason why we said go out here and trade for or pick up a pass rusher, another pass rusher, a veteran of somebody, just in case. We went into the last season saying we good at wide receiver. We got Rashad Bateman. He's it. And a lot of us asked, hey, what if Rashad Bateman gets hurt? Oh, no, we good, we good, we good. Rashad Bateman got hurt in the passing offense, suffered. So I think the Ravens still have a little bit more work to do. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that's kind of my – as much as I want to be excited about training camp, want to be excited about football being back and, you know, just the little, little, like, preview we get from training camp, my issue is – what the must have paint. I forgot Oh, you're right, Ron. Never mind. Stick to what you know. Right. <laughs> but, like, as much as I want to be excited about it, I think for the Ravens, the biggest thing for them is going to be is going to be health because that's what is, that's been the issue more mm-hmm. than anything over the past couple of years has been health, the health of the quarterback, the health of the receivers. That Especially, you know, you look back a couple of years ago, the health of practically everybody on the roster. Uh, so, you know, that's where my some of my concerns come in. That's where I, where I'm kind of like, all right, let's not hit, let's not even let, like let's not even do a walkthrough. Let's just do like a little like tiptoe or something because like y'all need to be healthy for the season because for whatever reason, whatever injury bug the Ravens got, I mean they can't shake it, and I don't, I don't really understand it. And you know, I, I I mean I they should pick up somebody else. They should pick up another edge rusher, another pass rusher, somebody. I mean, I know Clowney's out there. I know there's still guys out there that you can pick up. I know Chase Young, uh, been, there's been some rumors about that and stuff like that too. Um, but, like, that's going to be the biggest thing because the secondary, to me, especially this year, feels different. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the secondary feels different. And because of that, 
the pass rush is going to have to kind of step up too because we don't know what the what these new faces in new places going to do. Um, you know what? You know how? You know Kyle Hamilton is supposed to be taking the next step, but what if he comes out the gate slow? Um, you know, you got these new corners that are not named Marcus Peters, who have been there and done that. Right. What are they going to do? You know, is that going to be a good decision or a bad decision? You know, and I think the pass rush is the thing that is really making me think like, OK, that's still the, that's been the struggle. That's been the point of contention for the past couple of years. And the hope is that it won't be this year. So do you you say you don't have trust in Oway? It's not, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't I think with a, I, I, I was kind of questioned with this one in my last video and i was like man like i don't know man like i want a way to be good mm-hmm. but i don't want all the pressure to be on Oway too and i think that's been half the issue of the last couple seasons for Oway. at well his sophomore slump i should say last year is hey i'm i'm the guy and i'm not ready to be the guy right, right. i'm not i don't have the the fundamentals to to be the guy i'm, I'm just fast and then last year i wasn't even just that so you know, like that's kind of my biggest thing with with Oway is what's I don't know what's gonna happen, right? Like that's my biggest concern is like I don't trust Oway as a guy by himself. I don't trust Oway without Ojabo because I trust a little bit in Ojabo and I ain't even seen enough of Ojabo to trust Ojabo. So you know, I think there has to be another addition to help out. I think Oway needs to be kind of the guy who just kind of makes the play when it's there, right? He needs to be the guy in Kansas City that saved the game for the Ravens that year, right? Like, you're doing, you're doing your thing. You've got other talent around you, but, you know, when, it, when the play needs to be made, you're the, you're the guy to make it. I'm not, I'm not concerned whatsoever. Listen, I have the utmost faith in Odafe Jason Owe because he did an interview recently, and he said he's now a power rusher. No more speed and finesse. No more trying to go out there and look pretty. Now, the problem that we had with Owe last season was he bulked up a little too much. You know, he got stiff. He couldn't bend. He couldn't do certain things you need to do to be a successful pass rusher. But, hey, now that that man has told me he's bulking up and he wants to be just a power rusher against these 300-pound linemen, I mean, he couldn't do it again in college, but I have all faith in him that he's going to be able to pull this off in NFL. Maybe. How you feel about that? Yeah, I don't. I don't know how I feel about him as a as a power rusher either, right? Like, I mean, the one thing you get sometimes, right, with a with with raw talent, raw guys, is you can kind of manipulate them into what you want them to be. Um, and for some reason, I think the Ravens, and maybe they should, because this is what they try to do with everybody they get is maybe they should lean into some of those like Swiss Army Knife type guys. They're not masters at much of anything, but they can do a little bit of everything. Um, and that's kind of how I felt about Trenton Simpson too, is like, you know, he's one of those guys where you don't know what you're going to get out of him, but it's kind of that's kind of the Ravens' way to play defense is we want you to be all over the field. We want you to be – to rush the pass. We want you to drop in coverage. We want you to be able to do everything. And if they invest in more of those guys that can do such a thing – then uh, possibly it might lend its hand a little bit better. Instead of forcing Oway to go straight after the passer every single time, I don't know. It's just – it's one of those situations, man, where I'm just like – I'm, I'm concerned about the pass rush, but, you know, it's, it's one of those where I believe it when I see it because of that secondary that's behind him too because I don't think I trust him as much as I, I once did.
Okay. And speaking of dilemmas and and people stepping up, um, there is the J.K. Dobbins dilemma with, you know, the running backs banding together because that position has been devalued in the NFL and they're supposedly supposed to be on one accord. But of course, you know, Saquon Barkley broke ranks and signed his contract. Um, Melvin Gordon just recently came out and did an interview and said that Dobbins really isn't hurt. He's actually sitting out because he wants a new contract. For me, I think the problem is, no pun intended, Dobbins doesn't have a leg to stand on. He had a very successful rookie year. He got hurt. He came back. He played a little bit, got injured again, had surgery in the middle of the season. So he doesn't have the production of, say, the upper tier running backs to request a contract extension. Now, I get it. Your running back, your shelf life is, is kind of short. You want to be financially secure as possible. But with the Ravens, I don't think that he has any means or any kind of reasonable, articulable case to make for him to say, hey, I'm going to sit out until you give me the contract that I want. How do you feel about this situation? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And that's kind of the point that I was going I was going to make, too, is because of the injury issues that he's had, because of we've only seen flashes in the pan. We ain't seen a whole meal. We've only seen flashes in the pan, right? Like, Ooh. I think that's half the issue right there, you know. Um, that, you know, has he shown enough to be given a, we talking about a big contract, right? We, you know, we're not talking, you know, he wants a big contract, not just any old running backs contract. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he's proven that. I think he's proven that, uh, Oh, there's a little bit there, there's a little bit there. Like he, he's been like one of those guys where it's like the previews of the show come out and they look really good. Like they look, I mean, they look awesome, right? They put a couple teasers out there. You see it. You're like, Oh man. But for some reason, they don't finish the show, right? They don't finish the show so you can see, okay, hey, like, you know, this show is really good. J.K. is like that to me because J.K. has shown he can be a really good running back in this league, a possibly special running back in this league. But because of the injuries, because of really, I mean, that's been the really only thing, right? It hasn't necessarily been attitude or anything like that that's kept him off the field. It's been, you know, availability. The best ability is availability, and he ain't had that. And I don't know if he's I don't know if he's necessarily earned a big contract yet. He may have I can say he's maybe earned an extension, right? Maybe a Gus Edwards type of extension, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've seen Gus get extended once or twice before. But has he earned the level of money that like maybe a Saquon is looking for or some of these other running backs? Not necessarily. But then he's probably thinking too, hey, Saquon's had some injuries too, right? So like how how can you justify paying Saquon? But then you won't justify paying me when I mean, we've kind of had very similar stories. I mean, they could justify paying Saquon because Saquon has had a couple of 1,300-yard seasons. J.K. has had 1,300 yards in his entire career. That's true. So, yeah, he missed he missed some time, and he also is not the focal point of this offense. Daniel Jones playing without Saquon Barkley is a totally different quarterback, and the Giants don't win. So – When you have posters and you have kind of the figureheads of an organization, like you, when you see the Baltimore Ravens, you, you see Lamar Jackson. When you see New York Giants, you see Saquon Barkley. You don't see Daniel Jones. So I don't think that he can command that type of money. Is he better than a Gus Edwards? I love Gus Edwards, but he honestly is a tier above him. But once you, again, you said the best ability is availability, and he has not been available. Um, 
I'm not sure if the Ravens really believe in him because as we've known, I think his career high in carries is 17, 15 or 17. Like they don't really give him the ball much even before he got injured. They never really had him carry the load for a full season. So I don't think that they really believe that he can do it. Plus they think that running backs are a dime a dozen. Now you can go out and find some undrafted rookies. I mean, we had Tyler Batty who possibly could have done something for this team last season. And I believe they feel like they can go get another. So I don't know what this young man is looking for. And like Coach said, he ain't Saquon by any means. And I love, listen, I love J.K. Dobbins. Like, he has the right attitude. You don't hear any problems from him. You don't see anything from him off the field. He comes into work when he's available to play. He plays. Like, what does he average? Like, 5.9 yards per carry for his career? And I know some of that has to do with Lamar, but even when Lamar went out last season, I think he averaged like 7.6 yards at the end when after Lamar went out. So that proves he can actually run the ball. And yes, the Ravens want to, they can cut him. Um, I don't think that Melvin Gordon is the answer. And I know two seasons ago he had, but 918 yards rushing, which is, is a decent amount. But what did he have last year? 322. Yeah. I, I don't think they got, I, I don't think they got the guy to replace JK Dobbins right now. Like I think, I think Gus gives you a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I like Gus too. I'm a big Gus guy. I, I, back when they drafted J.K. Dobbins, I felt the same way. Like, but I just saw Gus go off, and I just saw Mark Ingram do what Mark Ingram did. So why do we even, you know? I know we, I know we do best player available. I get that, but why, you know? Like, I, I felt the same way. And then, you know, J.K. came onto the scene. He took that 27, and he took that to heart. Uh, and kind of like I said, flashes in the pan. We've seen it, but. I think, and going back to some of the comments that you have brought up too, like I'm not saying that J.K. is Saquon per se, but at the same time, I'm saying like, you know, he he he's got, but he ain't got but so many cars he can play right now, right? Like I haven't been there, but when I've been there, you've seen what I do, you know. And and I think that's kind of that's pretty much where he was going with that, right? Like where he's going with holding out, where he's going with saying, hey, I want my contract because. Um, it's it's one of those things where it's like you you gotta pay your guys, but I mean when you look at the depth chart mm-hmm. and you think about what Lamar can do run, running the ball, um, not that he's going to run the ball as much this year, I don't think, but at the same time, hit just the threat of him running the ball, right? You pair that with Melvin Gordon, we've seen what we can do with the Devonta Freemans of the world, we've seen what he can do with the Latavius Murrays of the world, um, back there with him. So that you know that helps kind of the Ravens argument of saying, hey, we don't, you know, we can find somebody else to fill in that spot. Kareem Hunt's still out there too. Like, um, you know, so it's like you, there's other guys that you have if you want to lean into something a little bit, you know, a little bit different that's not J.K. Dobbins. But um, his, his absence from camp is interesting to me because it's one of those situations where you kind of don't if you do, don't if you don't because I think there's potential there. But I think at the same time, like, there could be reason to say we can move on from you. And I think that's, you know, I think the Ravens are playing hardball a little bit too by bringing in Melvin Gordon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because we've seen what Melvin Gordon can do. Um, and it's one of those kind of, you know, cheap late off season signings where it's like, you can, you know, you can bring him in and slide him in and see, you know, see what he does. But I think you do feel like you got somebody reliable in Gus, um, at least Justice Hill, you know, he, I think he's, he's shown some flashes too, but he ain't never been, really given that role he's a special teams guy more than anything so uh you know i mean 
I, I, I will see what happens with, with this whole situation because for me, I would love to see J.K. back, but I, I, I understand the Ravens playing hardball on this one too. Yeah, but to your point, I would bring in Kareem Hunt, even Ezekiel Elliott, just to, just to see what they have left because with Melvin Gordon through his whole career, even when he was out there being a pro bowler, fumble issues, and that is the mm-hmm. quickest way to get into John Harbaugh's doghouse. But yeah. before we move on, shout out to Limited Energy Drink says, nice collab, loyalty points, August 1st. Yes, today is August 1st, so that means that the loyalty points are reset. Shout out to Ferris, last month's winner. I had to get in contact with him to see what he wants as a surprise. If you do not know and if you are new here, if you just come and watch the stream, if you comment during the stream, if you look at the pin link in the comment section and donate to the channel if you become a subscriber to the channel if you get tickets to the meet and greet which we'll talk about shortly and if you become a patron you get loyalty points and at the end of each month we give out prizes you know nice little something to give thanks to all the people that have supported me also we got a, another donation from my man um, from a man marcus Payne. says why does it keep showing the same one my bad. Marcus Payne, shout out for the $15 tip. It says, for a great show. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right, moving on. Um, next, I have some key facts. I was looking at the website uh, the other day, and it was giving me some key facts about the Baltimore Ravens. And just let me know what you think if you have anything to say. First thing is, the most important player on players on the Baltimore Ravens this season are going to be Lamar Jackson, of course. That's why he got the big money. Zay Flowers, the first-round pick, and Odell Beckham Jr. Is there anybody else that you think is going to be vital to this team's success for the season going forward? Um, when I, I mean, I guess you could say whoever the heck plays left guard, uh, you know, because it's just been such a carousel. You, you hope that somebody can hold that down. Um, I, I think. I think at the same time, like rock your sin, right? Because I knew what I had in Marcus Peters, you know, I did, you know, I knew what I had in, in Marcus Peters, but like some of these newer guys, I, I think they brought uh, Mullins back. If I'm not mistaken too. Um, I think I know they cut him and then they brought him back, but I, yeah. I feel like defensively that's, that's kind of where, where I'm leaning on that one is, is is the corners because I'm a little uncertain of, of what they're going to do. Um, but I think they're important because, you know, obviously they're, they're the other side to Marlowe, right? You know, we know Marlowe is going to do his thing, but they're the other side of that. So they're, they're very, you know, they're impo- more important than maybe they seem. And then I think, I think Bateman is another one um, because Bateman is, Bateman just adds to this trio of receivers that we want to see, right? Like Bateman just, he adds that extra wrinkle. Like I know Odell is important. I know Zay Flowers is important, but you know, Bateman, especially put in the right spot, maybe even put in a quote lesser spot. Mm-hmm. I think Bateman has, you know, special potential. So can he get on the field and, and showcase what he can do too? I, th- I think that's another one too. Cause I think, I, I mean, I think he's going to come out with a ship on his shoulder. I really do. Okay. All right. Says, interesting fact to know for 2023. The Ravens have never had a wide receiver make a Pro Bowl in their franchise history. The longest active drought 
27 seasons of any team without a pro or wide receiver. Jackson has the most touchdown passes, which is 95, of any player since 2019 without the help of a pro bowl wide receiver. It's not even close. Daniel Jones is second with 60. And I think this is this is one of the things that, you know, for especially this past offseason that we have just been beating down the door about with Lamar Jackson. When people criticize him and say he can't pass and he has to run, look at that stat. This is a franchise. It's 27 years old. We've never had a Pro Bowl wide receiver. This man still has 90 touchdown passes. This man has 45 wins. He wins 80% of his games without the help of somebody that he can depend on. I know he has Mark Andrews, and they're going to say, well, you know, tight end is is a quarterback's best friend, but he doesn't have anybody on the outside. That was kind of the knock on him. He couldn't throw to the outside. He stayed within the numbers. So these are the things to me that help Lamar's case, even though I know they don't really care, he's still going to be talked about like he's not that good of a quarterback. But I think this season is going to be the season that he shows everybody why he was where he was on my countdown. Yeah, I I think, you know, we talked about it before. Lamar Jackson is the guy who has done the most with less. Uh, and I feel like the more and more that stats come out, the more and more we see, oh, yeah, he really wasn't really working with anybody was he mm-hmm. right like he really you know the Ravens organization isn't really an organization that can drive pro bowl receivers can they right so I think that had that that had you know to me we've seen what Lamar can do we know what Lamar can do we know how good Lamar is we know um you know I, I credit Lamar all the time I remember from like the first season or two that I watched him, I know I just felt something different about him when it came to the way he threw the ball. Um, no matter what the criticism was, I was like, but he's throwing guys open. He's throwing mm-hmm. throwing guy, throwing the ball in areas where people won't get hit instead of taking big hits and dropping the ball. But also, you know, don't forget about the stat about the most drops in the NFL uh, for a team that doesn't even throw the ball that much to begin with, you know, under Greg Roman. So, you know, I think – Lamar, Lamar, we we've talked about it plenty of times. Lamar deserves way more credit than he, than he, uh, is kind of you know than the lapses in it that people want to give him. But I, I just think you know I think this is his time to prove it once again. Uh, you know I don't know how you got an MVP and you still uh, labeled as overrated or whatever. But um, you know it's just you know kind of like I remember listening to Coach's show and he was talking with, with I think you were on it too with, with Nitro and. Uh, y'all, y'all are kind of talking about how you know Justin Herbert got signed and nobody said anything. Nobody said there was pressure on him. Nobody said there was you know he's got to he's got to step up now. This guy with no playoff wins needs to step up today. Nobody said that, you know. And and Lamar Jackson was the trending topic literally the next week or so because you know oh there was no excuses for Lamar. So you know you know the 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 dynamic for Lamar is far different than it is for anybody else in the league. Uh, for for whatever reason, you know, it's it's it's, it's just different for Lamar. They're gonna move the goalpost every single time. It don't matter what stat you bring up. It don't matter how you how you put it to people or whatever. It's like so. I mean, you know, I, I expect big things from Lamar. I'm excited to see what this Ty Munkin offense looks like, especially once they get gelling. Because uh, I mean, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be it's gonna be something special. Indeed, indeed, indeed. All right. Before we move on, let me remind everybody we are. Three days away from the hottest event of the summer, August 4th, 
Busboys and Poet and Howard County, Maryland is the Roundup Meet and Greet. Myself, Jose and Bradney from Lunch Break Hot Take, OTR Mike from Open Mic with OTR Mike. We got Chris Just Joking from the Deep Cover Podcast. And of course, we got the big guy. We're bringing in the big guns for y'all. Coach Evans from Sip to Tally. It is going to be a wonderful time giving out food beverages which is non-alcoholic but you can purchase alcoholic beverages from the bar we have swag bags we're giving away prizes now these prizes that we're giving away i, I guarantee you if you miss out and you see it later on when somebody posts a picture you're like damn i knew i should have went there and got it because this listen when i saw it i kind of was like i want it so if you want to come hang out with us, listen, it is in the Merriweather, Mer Merriweather district where there is a lot more to do. It's going to be from 730 to 9. After it's over, there are other spots around it that we can go to. Like the party just doesn't end. So where else can you go and be, hang out, fun, food for 50 bucks? You can't do that nowadays. And we're offering it all to you. So make sure if you want to participate, get your tickets today. Eventbrite.com, the Roundup Meetup. And I hope to see you there. All right, moving on, we have three under-the-radar Ravens. This is another article that I saw today, and I just wanted to talk about it. Now, this first one, it interests me. And I know some people may be a little bit surprised at what I got to say about this, but I have high hopes. And the first person that is will be under the radar is Travis Jones. It says, will Travis Jones beat out Michael Pierce to start for the Baltimore Ravens? If you watch the channel and you know me, I like Michael Pierce. I really do. I was a big fan of his when he was here, and there was kind of this battle between him and Brandon Williams. I wanted him to start over Brandon Williams because Brandon Williams was just a run stuffer. He went to Minnesota, but the problem with Michael Pierce is he can't stay healthy. He's another one of those Ravens that season in and season out, he just can't stay on the field. So I think Travis Jones is going to be an important key to the Baltimore Ravens as a run stuffer, and hopefully he can offer up some of that interior pass rush that we need. What do you feel about this one? Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. I think, honestly, I think they're going to kind of go hand in hand, uh, back and forth. They, they're going – I think they're going to lean on each other a little bit. I feel like – I do think eventually, you know, the young gun, Travis Jones, will find his way into, into the lineup. I think uh, the hope is, you know, of course, he'll kind of wreak havoc a little bit. It'll be cool to see him with uh, Meta BK. Uh, you, know, cool, you know, cool to see the young guys kind of go at it, you know, Go after the quarterback a little bit. We'll see. We'll see what happens with with the with the big guys. But I, yeah, I, I think I think so. I, I think I think Travis Jones will eventually beat out Michael Pierce. But I think a lot of that has something to do with the um, the age discrepancy too. Michael Pierce coming off an injury, a season-ending injury last year too. So you know, I mean, Travis Jones is kind of at an advantage to begin with. Yeah, I mean, but I just look at Michael Pierce as the Juwan James of the defense. Like you can't count on him to be healthy all right coming in at number two rock your sin <laughs> is rock your sin ready to start for the baltimore ravens like they just must have just said you know what we're going to test handle on this one because two players that just especially rock your sin like i'm with you i'm a marcus peters guy like i believe that last year was an aberration i think he's going to ball out for the raiders um hopefully rock your sin can come in and hold down that cb2 spot because if you look at the team as a whole without that pass rush we're hurting we're hurting with cornerback three, cornerback four. If we got to depend on Pepe, if we got to depend on Jalen Armour Davis, if we got to depend on a rookie, Caillou Blue Kelly, once again, putting all that weight on the rookie shoulders, we need Rocket Center to come in and hold it down because we know Mark, we know that uh, Marlon Humphrey, he's going to do his thing. He's going to shut that side down. So they're going to target two, three, and four. So 
I mean, I know some people are high on him. I just know he allows a lot of catches at a high rate. Do you think that he can actually come in here and man that spot? I know Indianapolis, Las Vegas, there wasn't a lot of talent around him. So that could kind of be some of the reasons why he didn't play up to his potential. But you got to show and prove with me. I, man, I tell you what, man, Marcus Peters, that just him not being here is hurting, hurting, hurting my soul every, every time I think about it. But I, my, my issue is this is my issue with this because Marcus Peters is a talent, right? Um, Marcus Peters. It, I mean, we know how good Marcus Peters is. We know he's a gambler. We know he, you know, he's a ball hawk. He's trying to get the ball at any point in time. But at the same time, when you look at Marcus Peters on one side and Marlon Humphrey on the other side, you kind of, you kind of got two shutdown guys on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. So then, whoever that nickel corner comes in, that's why, you know, the nickel corner, when, um, what's his name? What was the nickel corner a couple years ago? I, we finally cut him. He stayed know. healthy, then we cut him. I can't think of Tavon. Talking about Tavon? Yeah, Tavon. Tavon. Young? Yeah, Tavon Young. I, for some reason, I want to say Tavon Austin, probably because they put that in my head with the wide receiver stuff, you know, early in the offseason. But when he finally was healthy, like we saw what this defense really could be. And now, like, not having that true number two guy, that, that scares me a little bit because there's question marks at, at pass rush. And I think there's question marks at corner. You you know, kind of like you just said, Marlon's gonna do Marlon's gonna do Marlon things, right? Marlon, Marlon is he's gonna do his thing. But at the same time, we've seen Marlon with not a lot of help around him too, and it wasn't good, right? Like let's just say that. Let's just say it was not good. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my biggest thing. I I just can he be the cornerback number two? He can, right? Like, he can. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, I don't really trust anybody right now, right? Like, I, I saw small flashes from Jalen Armadavis and, and Pepe in, like, the second game of the season. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's all we saw. So I don't know if that was just, like, they played, a you know, well and there was miscommunication and whatnot, and that's how that went. I, I don't know. So it's kind of a, a – I don't think I've been fearful of the cornerback position for this long. Cause I mean, there was, a, there's a reason why the Ravens traded for Marcus Peters in what, 2019, right? Like he came in and made an impact right away. And that trade for him was, was huge at the time. Um, I, I can't remember right off, but I want to believe Jimmy Smith was injured. You know, he was in and out too at that time. So He's they needed. Yeah, they they needed somebody else. You know, when Jimmy Smith was healthy, Jimmy Smith was healthy. But when he wasn't, he wasn't. So, you know, it is one of those things. And the defense wasn't. So it's one of those things where it almost it, it kind of takes you back to before that trade in 2019. Could this be the same scenario? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Marlon having to fend for himself and then every, us trying to fill in the blanks of what the heck we going to do for the, you know, for everything else. I mean, I guess we'll see. Yeah, we shall, we shall see. All right, coming in at number three, and I really want your opinion on this one because I don't know what to think of this. Uh, number three, I mean, number one, I'm sorry. What can the Baltimore Ravens get out of Charlie Kolar? Uh, once again, we like to double dip positions, and just like we did with Dennis Pitt and Ed Dixon, we went out and got Likely and Charlie Kolar. Of course, for some reason, we drafted an injured tight end, so he gave us nothing last year. 
a spot that we could have took somebody else. But do you think that he can actually come in and contribute as the third tight end? Now, for me, the issue I have with this is we are trying to become a new team. We're trying to establish a new identity. And we're trying to prove that we can actually throw to our wide receivers. Mark Andrews is going to get his catches. I think likely he's going to step up and be a lot better than he was last year. So where does Charlie Kolar fit into the system? Um, re- real quick, because I saw somebody mention Anthony Averett. I wouldn't be mad about it, to be honest with you. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Charlie Kolar, when it comes down to fitting into this system, you know, that's an old, that's an old song. That's, a, that's, a, that's an old song. It says, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. And that's Charlie Kolar to me. because, And not because Charlie Kolar is not talented. Not because there's not potential there. Not because he might not possibly be good. But we're looking at a receiver room that, for lack of a better term, is kind of rebuilt, right? You you added two new guys. You hope Bateman comes back and he's completely healthy, 100%, we hope. Devin Duvernay gets to play the role that he should be playing. Nelson Aguilar, you have so many guys that you want to put in these positions to be successful. And I know Todd Munkin's a guy who can use a little bit of everybody, but I don't see him using four or five wide receivers and three tight ends. I just don't see that happening, especially with what we saw from likely last year and what we know we're going to get from Mark Andrews. I just don't see, I, I don't see Todd Munkin being a guy who's going to opt for a third tight end as opposed to another receiver or potentially a receiving running back or whatever, however you want to do it. Um, or, you know, kind of utility piece in Devin DuVernay. Um, what what can I guess my question would be besides block, I guess, what can Charlie Kolar do that Devin DuVernay couldn't and with more speed? Uh, you have a point there. I just I don't know. I just maybe just in case of injury, in case somebody gets hurt. Like they have another pass catching tight end to come in because I think he was prolific in college. I think he was actually good at receiving in college. So I don't know. But, you know, Todd Munkin did run a two tight end set at Georgia. So he may try to bring some of those schemes and aspects over to the Baltimore Ravens. All right. So speaking of, let me know who is your most overlooked Raven? Who do you think going into the season is going to be the Raven that people are not really going to rely on or count on to do anything, but he's actually going to surprise? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, for me, I don't know. Rashad Bateman just keep popping in my head. He just keep, he just keep popping up there because everybody – because I think – People are going to overlook Bateman because Odell, you got your you got your hot shot first round pick mm-hmm. in Zay Flowers, right? Everybody expects him to right off the bat be be what exactly what this team needs, that kind of speed threat that this team needs. And you know, and a little bit between the numbers too. We've we've seen uh Steve Smith talk about it, right? Steve Smith called out Rashad Bateman uh for his, you know, in between the numbers work, so to speak. So but at the same time, on the other side, you got Odell, right? Mm-hmm. We know the star power Odell brings. I mean, just that alone, right? But we know the acrobatics he's got. We know the athleticism that he brings. We know the playmaking ability that he brings. He brings something that the Ravens, let's be honest, haven't had in quite quite some time. Uh, maybe ever, you, you might would say at the wide receiver position, you could say. So I think, I think Bateman is my most overlooked player because – I think everybody's going to be looking at everybody. There's so many pieces of t- – there's so much talent on the offensive end. You bring If, if J.K. Dobbins does come back, you add that in, into the fold too, right? You got 
so many other people to look, look at besides Rashad Bateman. And I think because of that, Rashad Bateman is a guy who could possibly be overlooked. I, I really do. I mean, defensively, I like that Marcus Williams one because I think he does get overlooked sometimes. But I think you can't overlook Marcus Williams when he's picking – you know, he, he's a turnover machine. Uh, so it's kind of hard to, to forget about him. Maybe I really want to see Oway come back, right? I want him to be back to life, back to reality. Like, I really do. I really do. But may, maybe PQ, right? Maybe PQ on the defensive end because everybody's going to be looking at the lack of pass rush, what the heck we going to do at corner, Right, and they're gonna forget that at least, and you know, in the middle of the field, it's sure up. You know, uh, at least in the middle of the field, and unless something crazy happens right before the season starts or something, the middle of the field is sure up. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with Trenton Simpson as he, you know, kind of finds his way within this defense too. But um, I think I think it's got to be PQ, and I and I would say um, Rashad Bateman. Okay, so. Some people have already named the person that I'm going to pick. So, uh, you know, I'll just let you watch this and you see if you can guess who it is. We'll sit some people down. My man just started throwing babies out the window. We was catching them. Unlike Aguilar and his mishaps, I like to put that out there. <laughs> That's uh, all time, all time great clip right there. Facts. I just, I don't know. I just don't know why. I just think that people are going to sleep on Nelson Aguilar. And, of course, I don't think he's going to give us 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. But I do think he can provide at least 600 yards. 600 yards, maybe four touchdowns, which is good enough because he's going to be, what, wide receiver four? Do you Possibly. think he'll outplay Duvernay? Most definitely. You, do you think – and that's another – that's kind of a question I got. Do you think they're going to turn – because of the, the guys that they have at receiver, you think they're going to kind of – Turn Duvernay into a not only a utility piece, but let him do his thing in special teams. That's you know that that is his kind of forte right now. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think they may have him specially just located on special teams because if you look at last season, he started off really hot. Like I think through the first four, three, four or five games, he had like three hundred thirteen yards, three touchdowns. But when you start playing wide receiver, you start returning in the NFL, it breaks down your body, and he got injured. So I think they're going to let him kind of get back to the all-pro, Pro Bowl season that he had and bring in these other guys. Because if you look at it, Nelson Aguilar, out of all the receivers on the Ravens uh, roster, he's the last one with 800 yards in a season. And a lot of people sleep on that. Like, he has an 800-yard season. He may not be the best. He may have occasional drops. But what wide receiver on his roster doesn't? Like, all our wide receivers drop balls. So, I mean, if you drop balls and you can give me 800 yards as wide receiver 3-4, I'm good with that. Yeah. I could I, I, I could see that because I think with I think with Duvernay, I, I think this is a perfect season. This is not even necessarily with just Duvernay. This is with everybody. This kind of this is, you know, with Todd Munkin coming in, this is a perfect time to get everybody back to where they need to be. Get Patrick Ricard back to playing fullback and not slot receiver. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm just saying, but you know, like this is the perfect time to to put people in the proper places to be successful, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And that's both both offensively and defensively, right? Like figure out what the heck you can do with Owe and and let him do what he does best, whatever that is, right? If that's making a play because that's that's what's there, then cool. De- Devin Duvernay in the same way, like you know, if if he's the playmaker guy that you want him to be, then 
let him let him do that. Whether you know whether it's special teams, whether it's a gadget play here and there, uh, they should probably actually give it to him on the end around every so often, you know. So it ain't just a trick all the time, but we'll see. What are they gonna do with Ben Mason? Uh, that that yeah, he might. I don't know. Might be the long snapper. The way. How, how can we be the Baltimore Ravens if we don't have two fullbacks on this roster? Like, I just wouldn't feel right. <laughs> All right. So let me know for this upcoming season what is on your Ravens wish list. Mm. You know, and this may be a little bit of a generic answer for the first one, but I'm I'm looking, I'm expecting, I'm wholeheartedly. Knowing that this is going to happen, manifesting that this is going to happen, it's going to be a big season for Lamar Jackson, right? I, I'm so t- I, I'm tired of the criticism. I've been tired of it for years. Been tired of it since 2018, but whatever, right? So, been tired of it for so long. But at the same time, like I think with the with the guys that's around, with the new offensive coordinator, I, I think I think it's going to be a special season for Lamar. Um, that that's that's definitely on the on the wish list. Five five thousand, maybe six thousand. You know, he said it. I'm just I'm just gonna hold him to it since he said it, right? You know, fifty five hundred or something like that. You know, we'll we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, I would love to see. I want to see a division sweep. I know that's like I know that's hard to do in the AFC North, but I would love to see it again because I'm tired of the Steelers, right? They just they just make me tired. I wake up tired of the Steelers. Um, the Bengals, I just can't stand at this point, right? Like I know they had a little scare. I knew they, I knew they was nervous over there in, in training camp. But like the Bengals, I just can't stand. They talk too much for their own darn good. Um, and then at the same time, defensively, I want to see actual darn some sacks without rushing more than four people. That's what I want to see. Right. You know, that's that's what I want to see. Um, you know, I want to see somebody break out as a premier pass rusher. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Tyus. I don't care if Roquan do it. I don't really care who does it. Patrick Queen, Trenton Simpson, it don't matter. Like, I don't really care who breaks out as that guy, but it, it would be nice. Uh, it, it would be nice to see, like, uh, somebody step up as a premier pass rusher because Tyus has shown flashes, but I don't know. You know, that's that's kind of the – We'll see. Uh, maybe Oway has surprised me, right? Maybe Oway had just come out have 14 sacks or something. I don't know. You know, we, we'll see. Don't hold me to that one, though, because you know, I don't want you to hold me to that one. Okay. That was wishful thinking. All right. So I have five wishes for this upcoming season. My first wish, Ravens win the Super Bowl. We kill the narrative that Lamar Jackson can't win in the playoffs. He brings the title to Baltimore like he promised. My second wish is we go out and trade for Dalvin Cook. That's my second wish. Go out trade for Dalvin Cook. We can keep J.K. Dobbins. Like we can have two good running backs. Well, we don't have to trade for him, right? All right, pick him up. We don't have to trade. Him. Yeah, just sign him. Wait a minute, but they just picked up Melvin Gordon. If Dalvin Cook was out there, why? Just but the details of the contract just came out, and potentially they can cut him. He gets nothing. Maybe it was just a, a, a scare tactic. Maybe. So that's that. Third, which maybe should be one. Lamar plays a full healthy season. That may be my first one. Lamar plays a full healthy season so we can potentially see what he can do. Um, four, I want the Ravens to go out and get a pass rusher. Unique and Gakwe still out there. Get somebody because we don't know what this pass rush can do. And, of course, we don't want to get them into the fire and then figure out that they can't do the job like we thought they could, and now we're in panic mode. All the good pass rushes are gone. Five, my fifth wish would be 
for the Ravens to go out there and secure another cornerback. Get that cornerback that you know can play just in case. I'm not saying Rocky Sin can't play. I'm not saying Caillou Blue Kelly can't play. Get somebody just in case because I'm tired of the let's wait and see with, with Lamar Jackson. Every year it's, well, we got these pieces. Let's see if they can play. Then next thing you know, we're going to be in year nine of Lamar talking about, well, let's give them one more year and see if they can actually catch up. Yep. What's going on, Zeke? How you doing? All right. I know you got to get out of here. So last thing. Give me your predictions for the AFC North. How do you think that this division is going to play out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to start with, I think the Steelers had their first losing season under Mike Tomlin because they've been close. And I don't know if they truly improved enough to, you know, improve, you know, their, their win total this year. So I think they had their first, I mean, it literally be like, one loss under 500, but still, they'll be competitive like they always are. Mm-hmm. And then the three-team race for the North, I, I obviously think the Ravens win it because I'm biased, okay? Uh, you know, I, I think the Ravens win it, number one, because I just think I think their talent is better than a lot of the rest of the AFC North is going to necessarily give the Ravens credit for. Um, you know, they still, they still kind of on that wait-and-see period when it comes to their talent. So I think I think the Ravens will win will win the North. I think they'll have some pretty substantial victories, not only in the North, but outside the North too, uh, throughout the AFC, as stacked as it is. And then honestly, I think the Browns mm-hmm. bounce back and I think they end up taking second. I think they end up in a dogfight with the Bengals to try to get a spot in the playoffs. Um but I think they take second place and the Bengals take third. Um, not because I hate the Bengals by no means, but I do. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think it's more so because I think the Browns are also one of those overlooked teams um, that I think for whatever reason, I don't know. It, like Deshaun Watson is still really good, guys. Like, yeah. like, like, I mean, he's still Deshaun Watson until proven otherwise. Don't let him take a year and a half off and then say he's not Deshaun Watson. So let me see him with a real offseason, right? Let me see him with – not having a year and a half off before he comes back to play football. Um, and we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I, I mean, I would say Ravens, Browns, Bengals in a very close race right there, especially with two and three and then, and then the Steelers. Okay. Um, I have always been a firm believer of you are the champ until you beat the champ. Yeah. You know I mean, but with the recent injury to Joe Burrow, that kind of puts a little damper on the Bengals' season. So as it stands right now, of course, I think that the Ravens are going to win the AFC North. Um, I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think because I think myself, just like you, Cleveland is going to give them a dogfight. Like, listen, <laughs> I keep saying do. this. That's the thing. <laughs> I keep saying this. Defensively, Cleveland has always been stout, and they just picked up Zadaria Smith. And I know he's going to be motivated to play against the Ravens twice a season. So I think I'll go – I guess I'm going to go Ravens, Browns, Bengals, Steelers. But if Joe Burrow comes back healthy, hmm, if Joe Burrow's healthy for a full season with the offensive line upgrades the Bengals have had, hmm, I guess I had to put the Bengals second. 
I guess I got to put him second because I just don't know if with that injury he had, he had the same like injury like Kevin Durant had. And I think if, you know what I'm saying, he goes back a little too soon, he may re-aggravate it to his ACL. I don't know. So, you know. But, I mean, I think everybody is in agreement that Pittsburgh is going to be number four. <laughs> number four in the division. You know what's funny about that? Um, I got I got a friend from back home. He was a Washington fan for – probably his entire life, probably, you know, fan. he was grandfathered in, I'm sure. Uh, and he said, you know what, man, I'm, you know, I, I got to get my allegiance up. I can't do it no more. So he switched, he switched, you know, he switched teams, right? Probably about right about the time that Washington might actually start to get things going in the next couple of years with Eric Bieniemy and everything, um, new ownership and all that. But, you know, whatever, do what you want to do. He switched teams. And I was like, I was excited. I tell you what, man, I was excited to see who he's gonna pick. I'm like, he he might pick the Ravens, you know? Like, I might have rubbed off on him a little bit. Mm-hmm. When I tell you this man p- picked Pittsburgh in the middle of a rebuild, what? Like, I know they got the the banners up and all that, but like, we don't care about that. We talking about right now, okay? We talking about right at this moment. Right. Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. What's going on, Brandon? Brandon says, "What about the offensive line? Do you have any thoughts on the offensive line?" Because like we had a discussion before the stream. The Ravens have tried everybody and their mama at that left guard position. Do you think even if they solidify that left guard position, do you think that this offensive line is solid? Because for me, I still have questions with the op. Like Morgan Moses to me is not the answer at right tackle. Yeah, barring injury, I think this offensive line will be okay. I think because of the veteran leadership along this line, like we got Ronnie Tyler. You know, I mean, not veteran, veteran, but, you know, second year, he, he, he's he been there, done that, you can say. Zeitler, Moses, and, uh, I, I think it just depends, like, it, it depends on the left guard, but, yeah, it does depend on right tackle, too. But you got Makari, who we know we can play right tackle. I wish they would find somebody who actually can play it. Makari um, just been like a Swiss Army knife piece that's just been there, mm-hmm. been there, done that uh time and time again and you know it's mostly healthy he as you know kind of knickknack injuries it feels like but yeah i think i might be more concerned about right tackle than i am left guard uh i think the mm. t- just because like i think the i think the the potential with the rookie from what nc state i think he could step up i think you got other guys who might could step into that position but I, I think the line will be better than it has been. It's just those two positions I think I, I'm I'm truly worried about. And not, you know, Morgan Moses has his moments, right? Like he, he like there's times when Morgan Moses lights out, and there's times when Morgan Moses lights are out, right? Like it just depends, you know. Like I mean, if he shows up and can be good, Morgan Moses more than not, I think I think we'll be better off for it, but. I think there's depth at least. I think that helps too. Um, there's depth at a lot of these positions, which I think we need. It'd be nice to see Ronnie be healthy, like healthy, healthy. Uh, you know, not like just a little bit healthy, but healthy, healthy for once. Uh, that'll be good. But I, I think they'll be fine. I think it'll be better than it has been. Because, I mean, when y- the year after Yonder retired, oh, my goodness. And I know they tried to say that the offense line was still good because uh, Lamar was running uh, practically for his life and making plays. But mm-hmm. they was wrong. They weren't watching. They weren't watching the games. All right. Last question. Do you think Ronnie Stanley finally gives us a full, full, healthy season? Finally. 
it's hard because as Ronnie Stanley gets older, full and healthy seasons are hard to come by, I think, with the injuries that he's had. Mm, I he think, hasn't done it. He hasn't done it throughout his career. He has yeah. not played a full season his whole career. I think if there's any time to give a full season from Ronnie to get a full season from Ronnie Stanley, it is this season or next season. Mm-hmm. I think he, he could, him. but O line is. It, I mean, it's hard to stay healthy at O line when you had injuries before too. A full season, fifteen games, maybe I give him. I, I I say he will. I think he will. I'm just Jay. That's that's tough. That's yeah. tough. Yeah, I think he will. I think he will as well. All right, so I know you got to get out here because you have some more streams and some more recording to do. Let the people know what you got going on and where they can find you. Link will be down in the description. All right, so you can find me for the for the Ravens, for the Ravens people out there. I I, I take care of y'all first. Uh, Fly Nation Speaks on YouTube. Uh, you can find me on all the major podcasting platforms. Wherever you find the Rogue Pod, I tell you what, you can, you can stack them up back to back, you know. Road Pod, Roundup, LDHT, all of them. All, 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 y'all, all y'all streams and me too, y'all just stack them up. Y'all just stack them up. Y'all have a whole Ravens day, I tell you. Um, and then the Instant Classic Wrestling Podcast, I'm doing a SummerSlam preview. We'll see how that goes. Um, you know, so, you know, okay, got to take care of what I live, but you know, you know how it is. Uh, so, you know, check me out over there if, if, that's, if that's your forte. If it's not, you know, slide back into it and then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> all right well i appreciate you hanging out with us for this last hour hope to have you back to the channel real soon and listen make sure you go over to flock nation speaks subscribe to my man support him support your raven ravens content creators i don't think everybody does enough of that and i'm not just talking about me let's show these other fan bases that we support our people because we put a lot of work into this stuff I mean, we love doing it. We love talking, hanging out and all. But just make sure y'all support. Make sure you like and subscribe on your way out. Comment, replay, share, all that good stuff. And I will see you next time.